live streaming every day. Yep. I'm talking mm-hmm. about every effing day we're going to live stream. I hope that's okay with you. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Desiree. What's up, Desiree? So, Rip, that guy from Smash Mouth, that's pretty sad. What? Yeah, the singer of Smash Mouth died at 56. From what? I think somebody on the Discord said alcohol, but I'm not sure. Damn, really? Mm-hmm. He's young. Yeah, 56. Oh, man. That sucks. I loved Smash Mouth back in the day, you know? I can them kids bop days. Well, fuck it. Let's get it started. So today I have a great episode. This is going to be a full episode. I'm going to put it out on iTunes tomorrow morning. You'll see it. Cool. But we're we're recording every day. We're streaming every day. And yeah, we're going to stick to it. Like I even and we're going to work out all the bugs. Mm-hmm. They seem pretty good so far, but I'm telling you, it's going to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. I think the lighting is a little fucked, but you know, so we're going to just keep doing it until we get it right. But today I have a great episode. I've been wanting to do this episode for literally years since I started. I've been talking about it like crazy. And I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to get it, man. I'm very excited. Well, I hope you are. Because the title is intriguing. Mm-hmm. We're going to get started, go straight to Google Earth. Tonight, I am so happy because we are covering the Ramirez case. What? But before I start on this case, I need everyone to tell me how excited you are to cover this to cover this case. Wait, are we actually covering the Ramirez case? Yeah, we're covering the Ramirez case. Okay. Hey, Natasha, happy birthday. We're covering the Ramirez case. Did anyone say? anything? We are so excited. I need everyone to say they're so excited and they can't wait for this before I even get started. Okay, we're so excited. We can't wait. We've been waiting for you to do Richard Ramirez for the last five years, five and a half years, however long we do best. Yeah, you have been waiting for me to do that. Tonight, we are going to 1994. We are talking about the Ramirez case. We're going to the Riverside General Hospital. And tonight, we are talking about a 31-year-old patient named Gloria Ramirez. This is the toxic corpse Ah! case. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I knew you were going to do this. Uh, Natasha, we're so excited. We can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I've kind of been waiting to do that to you guys. (laughs) Wow, what a fucking coincidence that the person's last name is also Ramirez. (laughs) Gloria. <laughs> Shit, dying. Gloria uh, Ramirez, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, what are the chances it's going to be the same name? What are the chances? You did not know. <laughs> Sharam says, well done. Hey, Stella. They are not related, or at least I'm, I'm not sure if they're related. We already covered, mm. we are covering the Richard Ramirez case this weekend. Saturday, I'm a start, and I've been researching it. It's pretty brutal. The guy is. Satanist. And I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like sh- I might hang up some pentagrams. Today, we are covering the toxic corpse case. What's All right. up? What's up, Tina? Hey, Tina. Happy birthday. Damn, it's your birthday too? Yes, it's both of their birthdays. Nice. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> we are covering the toxic corpse case. It's actually called the toxic lady case, but that's, those words mean the same thing. So I'm calling it the toxic corpse case. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, we're going to Riverside General Hospital, 9851 Magnolia Avenue. So let me uh, put that in the Googs. All right, I'm starting on a Saturday night. This is February 19, 1994, Riverside General Hospital. That address is 9851 Magnolia, Riverside, California. A 31-year-old patient. She wasn't a patient at first. She actually goes to the hospital because she's having trouble breathing. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this lady in a little bit, but she's a mother too, and she's recently been diagnosed with two types of cancer. So she is on home chemotherapy treatment. Wow. Okay. So she's having, is a very sad situation, but she's having trouble breathing. So she goes to the hospital. What kind of cancer was it? Cervical cancer, one, and cervical cancer and ovarian cancer. Wow. Okay. Cervical is spine? C- cervical is lady parts. Oh, so I guess so that's like the same thing. I mean, not same thing, but so she is has been obviously in some rough states. Yeah. She goes to the hospital. She's given diazepam, midazolam, and lorazepam, whatever. Like they're just make you feel good, make yeah. you not hurt medicines. Yeah. But these medicines are important as you're going to see. Okay. She's having trouble breathing. The ER immediately tries to stabilize her, not resuscitate her because she's not dead yet, but they're trying to stabilize her. Mm-hmm. So they give her, when her heart stops, she's having trouble breathing. They try to stabilize her. Then she goes into cardiac arrest, which means she's having a heart attack. Her heart actually stops. The nurse in this, the the operating room at this point, there's two doctors and three or four nurses in there. Mm -hmm. It's packed. They're trying to save this lady. She can't breathe. Now her heart's not beating. So the nurse grabs the, what do you call them? Shockers. Shit. What do you call that thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The clear. Oh, yeah. What is it? Do you know? Defibrillator? Defibrillator. The nurse grabs the defibrillator and starts pumping. One, two, three. Clear. Boom, boom, a couple times and her body just kind of jumps up. At this point, the doctor already knows, hey, she's dead. She's dead. There's nothing we can do. But we need to kind of figure out more about her background. Right. She is still technically, she's on the life support machine. So she's still, her her brain is still active. But the doctor knows she's already past due. But he orders the nurse to take a syringe and get her blood. We got to figure out her background. Because maybe it's some rare disease that she has. And maybe it's nothing to do with the cervical cancer. I mean, because the cancer has, why would that affect her breathing? You know? Right. So maybe it's something else. So they pull her blood. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Brandon was trying to say, no, cervical spine is is your cervical vertebrae. I was like, no, no, no. He didn't. He, you said cervical spine. You think you thought cervical was referring to the spine. It's referring to a woman's cervix. She has cervical cancer as well as beard. I used to drive a Honda <laughs> cervix. I did. <laughs> Civic, not cervix. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was a car name? It was a Honda CRX. <laughs> the Honda cervix. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever drives a Honda, like that that model, will, oh. it, is ruined forever. <laughs> yeah, if you ever see a Honda CRX. <laughs> Honda cervix. <laughs> <laughs> will be me sitting in my Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting in her Honda Civic. I ruined that car for you. You might as well trade well, that. Civic and CRX are different. Yeah, but still. Yeah, you might as well yeah. trade that thing in. <laughs> A nurse was ordered to stick a needle in her arm and draw a blood sample. So she rushes over there, plunges it right 
There's no response, obviously, because Gloria's pretty much gone at this yeah. point. But here's where things get interesting. She's drawing back the needle, and this all happens in real time. So think about this nurse drawing back the needle, and they look at the transparency of the Whatever. syringe to yep. see if blood's coming in and if there's no bubbles. She's pulling back the syringe like normal and she noticed that her blood, the blood in this syringe is sparkling. It's, <laughs> what? This is, this is pre-Twilight, but. <laughs> What's the Twilight? They sparkle, you know, the, the vampire. blood sparkles? Well, the vampire sparks kind of whatever. Yeah, it's glimmering. That's weird. Glimmering. The Obviously, it's an operating room. So they have lights, strong lights. So the lights are reflecting off her blood and it's glistening. Weird. All right. She takes a closer look into the syringe and she noticed it has tiny white crystals inside of her blood, like little grains of sugar. Well, that's not good. Next, she's looking at the blood. She pulls that needle out. She's looking at the needle, but that little pin prick that she made to draw the blood in her arm, she looks down at it and it seems like there's fumes emanating. Almost like, I don't know if you, like, I'm thinking if you take some baby powder and you just, and you see those little fumes. The plume of fumes. Yeah. Something's emanating from her vein. From that little pinprick hole, there are fumes, gaseous fumes, just a small bit coming from that little pinprick hole. This is what the nurse will, will testify. Huh. Now, I'm not just saying that. This is in the paper. You're about to read all this stuff. Okay. The fumes come up and immediately a strong, vinegary, garlicky, stronger than ammonia stench Fills the operating room. Can you read from the San Bernardino County? From San Bernardino County, Sunday, the 22nd, February, 1994, a doctor and three nurses remained hospitalized after being overcome by an ammonia-like smell while drawing blood from a patient. Forensic experts said Monday they were baffled by a case in which fumes apparently rising from the body of a patient sickened hospital workers and forced the evacuation of an emergency room. You read it right there. Fumes. Yeah. Right. From the body of a patient. This is 31-year-old Gloria Ramirez. That nurse had just removed that syringe with that blood in it. She's baffled by the blood glistening at her because it's got these white sparkly diamonds in it. And then all of a sudden, fumes are coming out? What is she, like Frankenstein? Like you see on all those old movies, you know, where they're putting the body together, making a new body, and like smoke comes out for no reason? Mm -hmm. Like what is going on? These these are seasoned doctors. There should be fume, like fumes from her body. It doesn't make any sense. Her body's not on fire. What's going on? Yeah. From the Blade Citizen, the 21st of February, she had, quote, fumes emanating, actual fumes coming. That's nuts, is it not? Mm. Immediately, a doctor and the nurse hospitalized, which is, you know, they're in a hospital, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> now, luckily, there were, I, I don't know how this happened. I couldn't find the exact how things happened because it happened so quick. But we know that everyone in that operating room passed out, hit the deck, hit the deck, they blacked out. Okay. Every one of them. So maybe the one of them. A combination of like gases can do that. And they all be. they all hit the floor as soon as those fumes came out. They are down. Now the one the nurse and the doctor who was closest get it the worst, but they're all out. So somebody comes in and rescues them. They have to get all these literally unconscious doctors and nurses, drag them out of the freaking room. Mm -hmm. 
So this is a nightmare. What could call, what the hell happened? At this point, Gloria Ramirez is dead. She's dead. She's gone. She's dead. And now her body is killing everyone around it. Is that not nuts? It is unheard of. I yeah, think. it is definitely unheard of. The hazmat team immediately responds. Hazmat suits, mask, right. completely the white suits you see on the movies. Lockdown. Lockdown. The hospital, yeah. They come in there with their AR-15s, start blasting aliens. I don't think that part they have, <laughs> that happened, yeah. They start moving not only the unconscious doctors and nurses, but they also move seven floor patients who were on the same floor outside to the parking lot, beds and all. Move them outside. Now, this is February. It is below 41 degrees. Can you read uh, what Alan Westfeld, the deputy coroner, said? Alan Westfeld, deputy coroner, said, it appears to be something coming from the body itself. We are trying to get background before we approach the body. We don't want to put more people at risk. The deputy coroner, it appears that something, something is coming from the body itself. This is some crazy shit. So Natasha had had asked, like, I wonder if it has to do with the chemo or something like that or radiation. I would say it's got to be that with something else. You know what I mean? Because other people have ex- that exposure. So it's got to be a, more of a chemical reaction. Yeah. I don't know if it's the chemo or the radiation or... Why are you... Are you freezing or something? No. Yeah. Well, I'm cold. We got to fix your camera. You're not even on damn camera. I just got to... If I lean back, I'm fine. Well, I, that's the back. point of these chairs, man, to lean back, you know? Sorry. Hey, Sydney. I need to fix your camera because you, you look kind of ridiculous. You're like two half face. Well, fine. You're like the Phantom of the Opera. Oh my God. So, uh, so I think it's a, it's got to be a reaction with something. You mentioned some medications that she was on as well, you know, so it could be (sighs) that with something else. Cause those are common things, common things that are prescribed. Yeah. But other people are on chemotherapy and get the same prescriptions. Does she have any metal implants? That's an interesting question. Yeah. I don't think so. I didn't see anywhere. That's a very good question. But okay, forget about the fumes. What about the white crystals? I mean, okay. Oh, sorry. So you and, know, and that would hurt. Well, I that wonder. Would be very painful. I wonder if her blood. So if it was just her blood thickening. So right, like it, oh, if, it, know, if it was clotting in, in doing that. You know, I'm trying to think if it when your blood dries, it gets kind of like almost like crystallized when it's forming when it's heal in a healing process. So maybe like her blood was super thick or something. Yeah. And it and it made it almost like crystallized. Yeah. Yeah. But that would have to be super thick. I mean, she would have I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me just say this right now. A real reason, a real, okay, this is what happened. We know for a fact. That has never, that has never so been presented. So we don't know, really, the outcome. No, this is a, still a mystery. Have we tried at, submitting all this to ChatGPT and seeing? I did. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You know that's what I did, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Go on. By the way, so... Chat, oh my God, I think you've just, you've chat, solved it. Chat GBT. I was reading an article the other day. A lot of people are like, oh man, this AI is going to kill us. Dude, Dude it, embrace it, It yo. saved this freaking Kid. seven-year-old boy. There were over three years, 17 doctors could not figure out what was wrong with this kid. He's seven years old. He was suffering, insufferable pain. And his mama, so tired of all these doctors, all the money they spent and 
all these just, yeah, I think it may be this, that, and it's never nothing. She took her notes and and the actions of her boy. Like for for instance, he uh, he couldn't crisscross his feet anymore. It's wow. weird. Like why? What is that? Like how? Why couldn't he do that? So he, she inputted all this stuff in the Chat GPT, and they found out what was wrong with him. What was the problem? Um, you sent me the article. I didn't get a chance to read it today. I tell you right now. All right. So they were given a Motrin, yada yada. Uh, we saw so many doctors. We ended up in the ER at one point. I kept pushing. I really spent the night on the computer going through all these things. So when Chat GPT suggested a diagnosis of tethered cord syndrome, it made a lot of sense. So I'm not saying I'm not saying doctors should be replaced. I'm, I'm definitely not saying that. Or, or to give to undervalue any doctors, they go to school for seven year, years, and but oh, but I'm saying yeah. like a doctor can only retain so much as a human being. Right. A a an AI machine doesn't necessarily need to retain the information because it can quickly it could quickly look at all sources at the same time and come up with you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that house show you were telling me about. Yeah, yeah. Dr. House is irrelevant in chat GPT world, honestly. <laughs> or he's nothing special, you know? They should just re- have a reboot <laughs> with just a computer that's not... Or it's just it's Dr. House popping vitamin and on yeah. the computer all day. <laughs> yeah, he's on Vicodin. Yeah, that'd be so funny, a reboot. He's just on chat GPT. He's fucking high all the time. And he's just like an asshole to everyone's like, God, can't you... Can't you guys type in your own questions into Chat GPT? <laughs> you know, there's a um there's you know, Chat GPT prompts are a big business now. Yeah. I was reading this science article, like this guy is making a killing because he he uh created a like a site where you can buy prompts from people. And you you fucking know he's getting those prompts from Chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, Cause you can just say, like, how can you help me in my job? And it will give you questions. Yeah, but it is better. Know? if you know and I learned this too it is better if you give it precisely what ha- you know it's, it's hard to to tell it what to do anyway anyway all right let me see sorry I'm not promoting chat GPT I'm just just what it is I am a if, paid subscriber if you if you ain't using it you but gonna be behind my friend I'm a paid subscriber that's how I feel about it just because I don't want them to, to I don't even use it I don't use it for work or anything but people should be people yeah should be. it won't write erotica but oh. there is a way you can get by with that. So there's certain things there's you can change different things. Like you, words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of penis, use the word carrot and then go back and change all the w- w- carrot words. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, immediately the hazmat team, they take Gloria Ramirez, her corpse at this point, her toxic corpse, and they place it in an aluminum container. Now, this is kind of a crude picture, but it's from the newspaper. This is uh, her getting wheeled out and these two guys not wearing any mask for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the it's not a good idea. Is it like a steel coffin? It kind of looks like a coffin, yeah. It do- Yeah, it does. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I think it is. Coffin. That's pretty bad. All right, so let's figure out what this is, man. Let's, let's try to solve this mystery. The hazmat team, albeit a few hours later, they tested the air in the room and found nothing unusual. It was a few hours had gone by, though. All right, the first priority, obviously, is to get all the nurses and doctors who are dizzy and collapsing all over the place and vomiting out of the room, make sure they're safe. Then they go and check the air. Nothing unusual. 
individual. So let's talk about some causes. All right. The first one, the big, the big first theory is suspected poisoning from oregano phosphate. Oregano phosphate? So oregano phosphate is common in insecticide or pesticide. This lady right here, this isn't Gloria. This is a doctor. Oh, okay. This is the doctor who didn't pull the blood, but was immediately handed the syringe. This article right here says pesticide suspected in case of mystery fumes. One of the nurses in the room, a Sally Balderas, said about Gloria Ramirez, what she remembered about the body before this happened is, quote, she had like this film on her body, like you see on the ground at the gas station. So it's like this oily film. Like an oil slick. An oil slick. Her body was completely covered with this film. Kind of weird, right? Experts ruled out cancer medication. So none of the stuff I told you. As the source of the mystery illnesses, but they said some of the staff, it reminded them of maybe she was poisoned by strychnine or cyanide and it interfused with some of the other drugs and metastasized or whatever, that that strychnine or whatever, mm-hmm. the symptoms. The, the blood that was taken from Gloria Ramirez came back from the lab. No evidence of oregano phosphate, so no pesticide. Here's the thinking. She got sick of living because she's a cancer patient and she is hurting. So what does she do? She poison. grabs poison and she puts it in her body. That's probably not uncommon. I'm sure that's having cancer like that is extremely painful and that is definitely one of the theories that happened. But her enzymes were checked and they they completely ruled out pesticide. Okay. Her sister Maggie also said that when she looked into her apartment, there was nothing like that found. No rat poison, nothing that she could use to harm herself, harm herself mm-hmm. with. And like I said, she was receiving chemotherapy treatments at home. And Maggie, her sister said for the past three days, her body had been, quote, racked. Like just completely just racked out, right? Can you read her quote? She was taking four different... She was taking four different medications and chemotherapy. It was the sixth time this month she had been hospitalized. What I want to know is who attended to her. She died alone. I want to know what was done after they fainted. She's talking about the doctors. At this point, Gloria's family is very weary of the hospital. Now, I've covered quite a few of these medical cases, Hmm. probably about 10, mostly serial killers. But I will tell you, there's a common theme between the serial killer, the medical serial killers, and a story like this. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take a guess what that theme is? Mm -hmm. That theme is, as we know, in America, a lot of these hospitals are privately owned. Mm -hmm. This is someone's money, a group of investors, their money. It's a money factory. They do not and will do everything they can in order to not admit fault. That's very important. Okay. It's also very important. And the reason why is because, well, we had Riverside had her body for weeks in this casket. Oh, we can't release it because it's a danger. Well, the family wants it because they're going to do their own autopsy. Because if it is something that the hospital did to kill their sister, they want to know. Fair. Here's the body bag over a month later. Here you go. Good luck. It's all decomposed now. What are you going to do? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So with this case, it's very important to remember that the hospital is never wrong, even though they're always wrong. I'm telling you. And that is so important here. Mm. So damn important. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's very good to know. Yes. 
So, and this was was this also the same hospital that she was getting her treatments at? I believe so, but I'm I'm not I uh, I'm not uh, I'm not sure. I don't know that. if it's it's totally relevant, but I was just kind of curious. So I'm pulling this off newspapers, newspaper articles at the time. I didn't find any public information on her. Obviously, the hospital didn't release medical records and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So let's talk about the oily sheen right quick. Did anyone kind of guess what that was? Mm-mm. So this is what uh, my research led me to believe. There's a uh, Seven different factors it could have been. Medications or treatments. Some medications can cause skin to change and secrete substances through the skin, okay, like through your glands. Mm-hmm. Metabolic changes. For example, hypolipidemia, a condition characterized by high levels of fats in the blood, can sometimes manifest oily skin, so it's pushing out those little mm-hmm. fat cells. Mm-hmm. Skin conditions, like dermatitis type of things, cause the skin to be oily. You see people with acne usually have um, oily skin, mm-hmm. I think. Or oily skin causes acne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Endocrine disorders, hypothyroidism can lead to increased sweating and changes in the skin, which could present sort of an oily appearance. Mm-hmm. Diet and nutrition, fatty foods, external factors, chemicals, oils. And then there's rare causes that uh, substances can be secreted by tumors, such as whatever phenomenon, perinoplastic phenomenon. So the oil sheen can be explained. All right. So mm-hmm. we know that. So where are you right now? Like, what do you think it is? Um, or could be? I think it's like a mixture of of like two things interacted in her body. Okay. What about everyone else? Do you know what they're? Most your theories here. All right. Let's talk about this doctor, Doctor Julie Gorchinsky. When the nurse withdrawed her blood, Gloria Ramirez's blood, looked in it, saw the white crystals. She handed it to the doctor, as you would, because the nurse hasn't ever seen anything like that, and maybe the doctor who has had more schooling knows what it is. Her name was. Dr. Gorchinsky. So she looks at it. She's like, wow, that is weird. What is that? And I really don't think this is medical procedure, but Dr. Julie Gorchinsky passed out after, quote, sniffing a syringe of Ramirez's blood. So she took the syringe and sniffed it. Interesting. Which is, you know what it made me think of? Like, you know, in all those police shows, you see the detective, like, open up the thing of drugs and like, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, oh, that's good shit. That's, that's straight Columbia. <laughs> it's like, <what? laughs> anyway, she had it the worst because she sniffed it. Interesting. So since then, Julie, who was an active surfer, so as we know, very going to the fit. beach, very fit, very can move in all directions or whatever. After she sniffed it, she immediately passed out. She's still alive, but Gorchinsky, an active surfer, eventually underwent knee surgery in the following months because of a lack of circulation in her blood hmm. that she and her family blames on this ER incident. She, wow. Yeah, so she was... I mean, isn't that crazy? She got it pretty bad. She suffered from the following. Hepatitis and a vascular necrosis in her knees. So whatever this is that came out of Gloria's vein gave this woman what I read in the paper, hepatitis. Wow. And a vascular necrosis, which I believe is just a degeneration of your knees where you can't even walk. Like necrosis is like dead, dying cells. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Which is important because why? 
Who's to blame for this as a doctor who is now looking? Well, now she's looking to the hospital for. She's looking for a lawsuit, but it's not our fault. You know what I'm saying? So you got to keep on that in mind. The Department of Health and Human Services, which I didn't see was tied in any way to the hospital. But with things like this, there's always some kind of connection. Okay. Especially in, in stuff like this. But they hired two scientists, two doctor scientists. They gave all the workers on that floor that night, which was 34 staff members, including the doctors that passed out, Mm -hmm. they gave them this questionnaire, this written questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And they gathered this questionnaire and found that most of them reported severe symptoms such as loss of consciousness, shortness of breath, and muscle spasms. So they came out. This is the this is the Department of Health. They came out with that questionnaire and they got the results back and they blamed mass hysteria. That's their that's their cause. Uh, So you see, you see Right now, the the hospital is not trying to take any fault. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's crazy, is it not? That is crazy. So they think if you see someone pass out, then you're more likely to pass out. It's kind of like the yawning effect, right? You yawn if someone else yawns or whatever. Yeah. I mean, do you really believe that shit, though? Yeah, the yawning thing, yes. That is a proven thing. Some experts speculated that the hospital workers might have experienced a form of mass hysteria, where psychological factors lead to the manifestation of physical symptoms. The idea here is that the initial reaction of a few workers might have triggered a cascade of panic among the rest, leading them to believe they were also experiencing symptoms. Critics of this theory point out that many of the affected workers had tangible physical symptoms that required medical treatment, making a purely psychological explanation less likely. So it's not like the, it's not like a placebo effect. Like they're actually getting stuff treated. Like this woman has necrosis in her knees. Mm -hmm. That's not a placebo. No. <laughs> That's actually... Uh, no. So, do you believe the mass hysteria? No. Suspe- suspected poisoning, self-poisoning, we ruled out because the enzyme test was done. Yep. All right. And, which also rules out a lot of the common street drugs. Mm-hmm. She could have got street drugs. So, some of the other theories are... are the, anyone got any theories here or not? I'm really curious. Um. Some of the other theories, illegal drugs ruled out, chemical reactions, which we're going to talk about, infectious diseases and contamination. Mm -hmm. So those are the the big theories here. All right. At this point, the hospital is claiming that it was something that she had taken. Maybe it was something that she had taken. Yeah, it may not have been, may not have been um, drugs, whatever, but it's got to be the patient's fault. So can you read from the Lampock record, December 6th? Okay. From the Lampock record, December 6th, 1994, experts are disputing a suggestion that the solvent DMS0 or DMSO caused the mysterious collapse of emergency room workers. A beautiful hypothesis can be slain by an ugly fact and in the case, there are a lot of ugly facts, said Dr. Jack De La Torre, head of neurological research at the University of Mexico. DMSO, and I'm not a chemist, but they're claiming that Gloria Ramirez had been using an over-the-counter thing that was real popular at the time for pain. It's a topical solution. You can actually buy it at a hardware store. It is like a uh, like a wax. Hmm. 
Mm. Which would explain the wax or oily skin. The oily skin. You put it on your body, spread it on your body, and it's, it's really good at getting into your body, penetrating into the cells and relieving pain. A lot of cancer patients were using it, using it at the time. It was really popular. And we know she was? No, we don't know she was. Oh, okay. Because they, the autopsy, they didn't do one on her. And then the family tried to do one. Because if it if it is, then, you know, the family, it's kind of the patient's fault, right? And that would be good for the doctors and at the hospital. But if it's not, then it's something else. So they never could tell if yes or no she was using this. It is not a, an actual fact that she was. This is all speculation from the medical community. But in that report, it says that she had been using dimethyl sulfoxide, DMSO, as a home remedy for pain. DMSO is a powerful solvent and penetrant that can be used as a drug delivery system. The researchers theorized that the DMSO in Ramirez's system might have built up due to urinary blockage caused by her kidney failure. So she's been putting this stuff on her skin for months, let's say. And they think it just built up in her kidneys and eventually manifested itself manifested itself out in fumes in her body. Okay, plausible. Well, hold on a second. It is a remedy for pain, yes, but it doesn't really work like that. It doesn't interact with any of the chemotherapy drugs she was on. So Brandon knows what DMSO oh, do you? What is. Us um, they sell it at where he works um, and in like home improvement stores, tractor supply stores, things like that. Uh, and he commented, yeah, DMSO is way too strong. Don't use it on yourself. I, it said over the counter, but- But is I, it for humans? I saw over the counter, this is from the hospital report. It says she was on the, an over the counter medication. But in all the other reports, I just saw a hardware store. So I don't even think it's a medicine. I think it's like kind of like a surf wax you put on yourself, you know? It has been FDA approved to treat only one condition, interstitial cytitious. If the hospital, and I'm saying this, I don't know for a fact, but if they are trying to cover their ass, it would be Maybe great. Maybe they used it. It would be great for them to have her go to a hardware store and use this stuff because it gets the fault off of them. No more law, no lawsuits for them, right? Hmm. It can cause crazy dreams of taken orally. It's like a gel. Interesting. So here's a brief rundown of DMSO. All right. That's weird. Why would they sell it at a home improvement store or a, like a tractor supply? That doesn't... Ask Brandon. Brandon, why, why, why is it sold there and not like a drug store if that's what it's used for? Here's what it's also used for. Cryopreservation. So it's a cry cryoprotectant. You know what cryo is? Like cryo tanks? Like freezing? Mm-hmm. So they use it for freezing cells, like stem cells. Cancer patients undergoing treatments. Are you trying to sell that stuff on Horse Discord? pain relief. Horse huh. pain? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Certain patients undergoing treat undergoing treatments like bone marrow transplant. Jesus Christ, I cannot talk. Like bone marrow transplants might have their stem cells harvested and frozen for later use. So those would be used. DMSO would be used to do that. DMSO lowers the freezing point of liquid, which is is weird because DMSO helps prevent ice crystals that form which can damage cells. So I, I asked ChatGPT about these ice crystals.
crystals. Because go back to her blood. There's ice crystals in her blood or some crystals. Or some crystalline material. So I said, why do crystals form in cancer patients? And she said, crystals don't inherently form in cancer patients more than anyone else. However, in the context of cancer treatment and medicine, the cryoprotectants like DMSO help to prevent the formation of ice crystals by lowering the freezing point of the solution and by disrupting the ability of water molecules to form crystals. So if anything, it would have, there would not have been crystals in her blood, I, I think. I don't know. I'm not a freaking doctor. Please, I, I don't know why I'm going so far into this. There, DMSO won't, won't kill her outright, though. It wouldn't cause that. There's something that has to happen. There's got to be a chemical reaction here. When the paramedics try to oxygenate her blood using the high oxygen ambu bags, the DMSO in her blood could have been converted into dimethyl sulfate, which is DMSO2 a powerful toxic chemical. Dimethyl sulfate is known to have a garlicky foul odor, which that was reported by staff, but it's only when DMSO4, this is the final report of them. So I said, what is DMSO in cancer patients? And she said, DMSO with the high oxygen forms into DMSO2. And then when the defibrillator is used, an electrical signal is sent into the body and can transform that into a DMSO4, which is which is highly, highly toxic. That is what the medical report says. It says DMSO4 is what her body turned the DMSO into, whatever. I asked Chat GPT and she said DMSO4 isn't a standard or recognized chemical name. So I don't know. Anyway, that's way too much science. I shouldn't even talk about that. No, it's interesting. All right. So basically, basically that's, that's what they're saying is DMSO. So what do you think? I don't know. But I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. This doesn't sound right. Because I'm on the opinion that hospitals are just money factories. So I asked, you know, has this happened before? Before this case? And it had. About a month before, actually. You don't see much of this. Can you read from the Los Angeles Times? From the Los Angeles Times, March 18th, 1994, man reports two earlier cases of fumes at Riverside Hospital. Several weeks before, mysterious fumes forced the evacuation of the river. Riverside General Emergency Room. A patient there had to evacuate his own room after noxious fumes overcame him and his wife. Dennis Weiss, a 52-year-old cancer patient, said the stench was so strong it made him vomit before he covered his face with a blanket and his wife fled for help. This happened twice. Once with him and his wife and then once with him and his wife and his daughter. And and both in the same area, right? The same area. The same thing. Noxious fumes filled the room. Vomiting. Passing out. Running. Same hospital. Same hospital. Uh oh. Why don't you hear about this? Well, let's let's look into it. Dennis Weiss said the first time it happened was on January 13 during his stay for chemotherapy. Quote, I heard the sink gurgling and then there was a horrible smell. Sink? What? His wife, Jenny, had worked with chemicals all of her life and said, quote, I can't describe what this was. I've never smelled anything like it. So now the sink is gurgling. The ner- Jeez, the f- are they like putting too much Drano down their pipes or something? The first time the nurse came in and says she didn't give it too much thought. That She kind of thought they were overreacting. But she said that, quote, such odors were not unusual and blamed it on the 
the upstairs nurses for dumping various liquids down the drain. Two days later, it happened again. After, this is very important. I found this. This may just completely, completely solve everything, my research. And you don't see this on the Wikipedia page. You don't see any of this shit. A Dr. Humberto Ochoa was at the site of the Gloria Ramirez okay. poisonings. He said that he, quote, noticed liquids in the drain of an emergency room basin and flushed it. Strong smell, liquids coming up in the drain. Hazmat liquids are not meant to be flushed down the drain. I mean, even someone like me knows that. You're supposed you're supposed to dispose of them properly. But apparently this hospital and maybe many others has a history of nurses and doctors flushing whatever chemicals, strong chemicals, cancer-based chemicals, down the common drain and expired medicines down the drain. You don't do that shit because eventually it goes into the water supply everyone drinks. Like, what the fuck? It's the same reason you don't, don't dump oil on the ground. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same shit. Jack McGurk, the head of the State Department Biomedical Waste Management, said that there is a concern with hospitals dumping chemicals and expired medicines down the drain. He explained that it may not have necessarily been the chemicals themselves, but an inadvertent mixture. And he he puts a theory like maybe a cancer drug liquid was poured down the drain. And at the same time, the janitors in there using high, high concentrated bleach to scrub the toilet and the Pipes are interconnected, so it mixes up. That's how it works. Wow, yeah. So no one talks about that, though, which is kind of weird because I, you know, I mean, this happened twice before. But let's look at some of the violations. Shram's like, damn it, this isn't as fun. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's not a mystery. OSHA, you know, the uh, know occupational what, Yeah, I do. Health I know what OSHA is. Said that the general, Riverside General Hospital was cited. They were cited many times, but I'm going to go through the list. Twice in 1990 and 1991 for a, quote, series of violations of exposure standards relating to the use of ethanol oxide and extremely toxic gas used for sterilizing instruments. Oh, boy. In 1990, they got a citation for not providing adequate respirators for the use by staff members working with the ethylene oxide and no alert system in the room if it was exposed. They got another citation a year later because they didn't even fix the current citations and now they have become, quote, willful and serious. Wow. <laughs> OSHA spokesman Rick Rice said, quote, in the hierarchy of California OSHA violations, those are near the top. <laughs> so you don't see this too much, do you? <laughs> they were also cited for six other serious conditions in 1991. In both 1991 and 92, they were cited for not maintaining inspection reports for their ventilation system. Well, this definitely points to the hospital at fault. <laughs> yeah, was no there uh, claims ever brought and suits ever brought to the hospital for the death and the uh, injuries of the staff members? Nope. You know why? Because they got some powerful lawyers and doctors themselves, man. Wow. So the one thing they not did- Not even a settlement? They Well, they probably settled, but very quietly. Here's-, here's here is one article I found. Pipes ruled out as linked to fumes. So my theory and the theory of this guy that had happened two months prior when he said the sink was gurgling and his wife and him had to run out of the room 
and the doctor who flushed down a liquid during the Gloria Ramirez incident. At the same time, the smell, I here's what I think happened. In, in, my, in my honest opinion, I believe it was a matter of timing. I believe they stuck her, pulled out the blood, and just then the sink bubbled up with this mixture of shit they've been dumping down at that right moment. I believe if they were five minutes later, they wouldn't have had such a strong correlation. But it seems like as soon as they're pulling back the blood and they take out the syringe, then they all pass out. It seems correlate, but it, it also seems like, it seems like to me, it was a timing thing, you know? I believe there were fumes because- I, But so do you not think that it had anything to do- No, I think with it With her, the patient's death? She was having trouble breathing. So you think that it, it it's not connected, essentially. Like the patient went to the hospital because she was having trouble breathing. Yeah. She collapsed. Mm -hmm. Which, do, what do you think is connected or not connected then? So you don't think the blood- you don't think the stuff coming out of her was is related to the fumes in the pipes, or you do? I don't know what the truth is, but personally, I'm looking at a month before, in January 13, on the same floor, a cancer patient had the exact same thing happen to his room. He was alone in there with his wife. The sink started gurgling, and that same smell, that a strong ammonia smell, was, was automatically present, and it made him vomit and run out. That seems to me... Like the exact thing that happened with Gloria Ramirez. And you had that doctor I mentioned, Ochoa, who actually saw during that time a unknown liquid seeping out, gurgling out of the drain. You know, it's backed up so it gurgles out. And he flushed it down the, the water basin or whatever. I will say that the pipes were ruled out. A review of the plumbing system at the General Hospital Riverside eliminated any possible links between pipes. They said they got a the review, which involves an independent specialist. I mean, you don't know if these things are connected, but they said that the there were separate plumbing systems that served the patient tower and the emergency room. Okay, there's separate plumbing systems. Okay, they were dumping shit down the emergency room plumbing. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, okay, they're separate for the emergency room and the patient one. What's that had to do anything? So in my personal opinion, I, I need to come out with my bias right out. I don't trust hospitals. You won't see me in a hospital ever. Not that I don't trust a doctor. Doctors, but America, we, we make it a big business to hand out pills and get treatment for everything. You know what I'm saying? So when there's money behind something, I, I don't trust it at all. And the reason that they held her body seems suspicious to me. They could have easily gave the body to the family so they could have done their own autopsy. It seemed like they were trying to get out of a lawsuit. I don't know. I don't know how many citations hospitals have, whatever, but I found quite a few on this one. Even now, especially in the COVID generation, they've been getting all kinds of citations. The same hospital? Yeah. But I don't know if that's don't go to Riverside, y'all. Usual or whatever. I hope you guys like that. It's kind of a little weird. No, it was interesting. I'm I sorry. I, I, I'm not a medical professional. All this DMSO stuff, I have no idea. You know, anyway, what are you guys, anybody still in here? Yeah. So I wanted to do that for Shram. Very good. She's been, very interesting. She's been requesting that for a little bit. So I want to know what she thinks. What What do you think? She said, this is great. I want to know what happened. I mean, I don't, I don't think, no, I'm not saying that doctors are evil or whatever. I'm not saying, or people are evil 
evil in general. I'm just saying, it seems like when there's money, because we did those medical serial killers and I even talked to that guy, remember that Bruce guy? Yep. And he was even telling me where there's money involved, something like this, they're going to try to not take the blame for it. Yeah. Know? So the DMSO thing, maybe she bought it at a hardware store. That seems like a perfect theory. But I hope you guys Get like that. Girl. We're going to be back on Saturday or tomorrow. We're streaming every day. I'm doing that streaming every day now. So we'll be back on tomorrow and then on Saturday for the first part of Richard Ramirez, which is going to be fun. He is a he is a sick puppy. Well, so that's it. Thank you guys. I can't wait for the next Ramirez. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much. It's been such a treat. I love sitting here and talking. And these chairs make it so much more relaxing too. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm comfortable now. All right, well, let's go play some video games. I'll see you guys on Discord. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>